Hello, Attactioneers. Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast, the longest-running flesh and blood podcast in the world. I'm your host, Taylor Morrow. And I am also your host, Tommy Fresh Hendricks. How you doing, buddy? Ho, ho, ho. Not only have we sniped Darth Prentice from Fresh and Buds, but now Tommy Fresh is officially no longer doing his podcast and just doing our podcast. Congratulations. I really did it. Uh, uh, I am appreciative to be back on the Attack Action Podcast. Fresh and Buds has not gone away <laughs> yet. You know, <laughs> they, they, I mean, they, they might just take me off the air. You know, at some point, they're just like, yeah, we can't do this anymore. But uh, happy to be here, buddy. Yeah, thank you so much for stepping in. Uh, you know, as all of us are uh, gentlemen in our 30s here at the uh, Attack Action Podcast headquarters, that means, thankfully, we have lives and responsibilities. So our other fine gentlemen, Colin and Isaac, cannot be here. So Tommy Fresh is stepping in today. So giving you a new look, making it real exciting for y'all. So uh, you're welcome, I guess, <laughs> to both you, Tommy, and you, the audience. So, uh, Tommy, what's uh, what's going on with you in your life? If you you've listened to the podcast, so we usually vamp and bullshit about what's happening with us. So, tell me, what's going on? Well, personal life, you know, just very busy. Uh, you know, got engaged a couple months ago. We're starting to ramp up the wedding planning and all that. So, you know, that on top of that work has been, uh, you know, a real nightmare. So it feels like the only time I really get a real taste of flesh and blood is when I'm podcasting, which mm. is very nice. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, just trying to make uh, sense of things uh, with with the flesh and blood world right now. You know, still loving the game and, and, and loving doing content for it. But it's really what's been going on. I did start another podcast where I talk about indie games with my my cousin, uh, who's going to be the best man in my wedding. And, um, you know, I've said, that's the deal. If you want to be best man, we got to start a podcast. <laughs> you know, I, I I feel like I have too much time on my hands. You know, I have to <laughs> I have to, like, make my life more miserable. But uh, no, it's been a been a blast. But that's that's really it. You know, playing some a couple of pro quests, not as many as I'd hoped. But, you know, it was a it was a good time anyway to kind of get out there and uh, play some games, man. That's that's what's really going on with me. What about you? Nice. See, I thought my best man invite was just lost in the mail, and you were going to unveil <laughs> it here on the podcast. But I see live on the show, yeah, live on the show that it's uh, your cousin. Okay, very New Jersey of you. Yeah, I'm doing this thing with my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is he really your cousin? Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, I, this is my second time getting married. My first time, one of my best men was one of my cousins, and then the second <laughs> time, it's a different cousin. Wait, I didn't want to. How many, how many cousins do you have here? Like just 30. Two? Oh, 30. 30. Oh. Yeah, Irish Catholic family. You know, oh, just nice. my grandpa had never heard of a prophylactic or whatever, but <laughs> you know, why would you? You know, yeah, yeah, jeez, <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, we, we, uh, I got to know some of my coworkers the other day, a little bit better at a professional development situation. Uh, and many of them are one of seven, one of nine siblings. I'm like, this is crazy, people. Yeah. That's so many 
outfits and meals. It's just just nuts. So much birth. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was at a Halloween party last night. My one friend brought his two kids and nobody was paying attention to them. So I was playing with these kids and God, two kids was was tiring. I can't imagine one anything yeah, any one or more you know it, it is you know hey shout out to the parents out there you're really doing it yeah you crazy crazy fuckers you <laughs> i have kids all the time at work so i'm like you know seven hours i'm done i don't know how some of my people i don't know how you are a teacher and then you go home and then you have children you know yeah that's just crazy to me but I don't have that type of personality. Anyway, uh, what's going on with me? So basketball season has officially started. Uh, as of this recording, we've just gotten done with our first week of basketball practice. Uh, if this is your first time on the show, I coach basketball, work at a high school, etc. And uh, practice has been absolute dog poop. Uh <laughs> Most of my players are still playing football, which they just had their last game. Uh, this we're recording Sunday. They just had their last game Saturday, so now it's the playoffs. So they have to go a longer week. I just don't understand why volleyball is two weeks shorter than football, and soccer is a week shorter than football, and they all play twice and some more games. And we can't just have football start a week earlier so it's done a week earlier you know why has it got to be so long it only hurts us small schools so practice has been freshmen who don't know what they're doing um which is challenging and then some of my very very good seniors and now i don't mean to like make fun of these freshmen too hard but at this point it feels like fifth graders and grown men in the same practice and i don't (laughs) know what to do with that uh huge gap in skill level uh, because a a huge part of the skill gap is here's the drill. I'm going to walk you through it. And then uh, they can't figure out how to do the simple drill, which is just go from spot A to B um, and then get back in line. It's very simple and they mess it up and I can't handle it. So uh, it's been frustrating. (laughs) I can imagine uh, as someone who did, quite a few high school sports and recreational sports throughout my my tenure as a human being on earth Uh, (laughs) and now being a human being is over yeah uh the the whole because i went to a very small school like 54 kids in my graduating class nice that's how small my brother 60 (laughs) and mine yeah. yeah, we we really, you know, they they breed some of the best podcasters. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, <laughs> undeniable. Uh and yeah, like when you're when like you're so strapped for resources and like the football team was like not good, right? And like 30 kids on on the football team, but still basketball season was a nightmare i didn't play basketball but i i mean obviously we're just friends with everybody it was a small school and you just like you got to hear about it so uh, i can empathize with uh what's going on with you my friend totally and i mean it's the the other uh little nugget of this is now i'm so our first game is the 21st and 
football will now be in the playoffs this coming week. And uh, so they'll miss this whole week of practice. Um, and if I just uh, look at my calendar here, uh, then maybe they'll be in the championship game after that. So I will then get my football players for a single day <laughs> before our first game. And then we'll have three or four practices before our first like very important tournament. Uh, so that's very stressful. Mm-hmm. And uh, because, I mean, huge shout out to our football team. I spent, so here's here's a long story about this. We, we're in this league. We have to play eight-man football, which are, maybe you've never heard of, but you can play football with eight men, which I prefer because scores are like 76 to 55 because there's oh, yeah. like, not a ton of people on the field and you just have like one fast guy and he gets it on the outside and he's just gone. You know, you have to beat like three people and it's awesome. And you, you run, you know, you, you go for like 70 yard touchdowns. It's sick. Um, so that's how I like to play football. That's more fun. Uh, and we have this very prestigious sports private school in our league, which I don't understand why they're there. They only have 370 kids, which is still almost double our size. And it's uh, 60 grand to go to their school, which is uh, per student. A year. A year. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) my God. And uh, so that's more than my average salary or my annual salary. (laughs) And then if you do the math, that's $22 million in uh, tuition revenue alone. And... uh, I got in a large argument with their AD about the game time that needed to be played and they wanted it at this specific time. And I was like, that's a, uh, that's pretty tough for us. Uh, and they're like, well, that's the time it has to be. And they got the commissioner involved and all of this stuff. And they're like, it would be totally unfair if we played at these other times, cause it would be a hardship on us. And I'm just sitting here going, one student makes more like pays you more than I make in a year. And you cannot make this time adjustment. You have all of the money and resources in the world. We have 18 people on our football team. You have 34 and you're playing eight man. Get out of here. So just just an absolute. That was like a a week leading up to homecoming, which was terrible. Uh, Anyway, and then we beat them on Saturday. So they probably showed up to our I mean, our school is fucking in the middle of nowhere. There are 200 people in the town and uh, it services, you know, this huge area. So you basically just drive on the freeway, take an exit, and then you're in this like little town and you're like, I think that's the school. And then you show up to our field and you're like, why is it surrounded by concrete and those bleachers look like they're going to fall down? I love my school. But, and then you go, oh, we're just going to, we're going to fucking smoke this school. And then you get smoked. Enjoy your five-hour drive back to the Bay Area, Richie. So, anyway, shout out to our football team. Is that how far (laughs) they have to drive? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy, right? That is, that is like, they got to take off school, right? Like, like the kids. Well, the game was on Saturday, so no. Oh, it was a Saturday game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's. That's pretty insane. Five hours. But I guess like there's just not a lot of schools out there. Right. Or or just for some reason that five hour away school. Yeah. Because it's one here. of the few like eight man football schools mm. that we're competitive with. So we have to play. I mean, yeah, five is a lot. I mean, our closest opponent 
that's in our division for all of our sports is 45 minutes away. That's the closest one. Mm-hmm. Then the next closest one's an hour, okay. you know, and then it just, that's it. Those are in, in many directions, 45 minutes and then an hour. So those are kind of the minimums. We have a league opponent for basketball, volleyball, baseball. That's like two and a half hours away. Oof. Yeah. That's brutal. It is brutal, especially during basketball season when your game's at 7.30 <laughs> on a Thursday. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what's been going on with me. I did some ProQuests. We'll we'll talk about that here later in the show. Uh, let's, uh, let's move along here because I could just talk about my life because it's a podcast. Uh, let's talk uh, about news. Let's do it. The biggest news that just happened was the calling Melbourne. And uh, congratulations to Ben Dodd winning the whole thing on Azuri and propelling our sweet mistress of darkness and murder out of the living lurker format. So that's nice. (laughs) Or not. I mean, I I think that's pretty exciting. Like Azuri, and this has to be like a big um, like moment of validation for, for a lot of, yeah. LSS, right? Yeah. yeah. Because Azuri is like certainly a powerful hero. We've all known this, but like has and like was always like in the cusp of those like top eights and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And and just never really taking it home like on the big stage like that. And then for it to happen um was was pretty, pretty uh exciting, especially with what the finals was and actually the whole top eight. Uh, breakdown was very very interesting as well yeah yeah quite which we will get into a little bit later yeah. into the podcast but uh big shout out to ben that's awesome they for sure knew what they were doing i was uh you know watching some of their games back uh before this podcast and very skilled player very exciting so that's great and i'm excited to talk about the implications of all of that uh here a little bit later uh shout outs so i got a couple of shout outs tommy i don't know if you have any but uh go ahead and get that your noggin working here shout out to kieran the pod father in flesh and blood aka mr classic uh just in the commentary booth again you know one of my uh heroes feels like a strong word but we're gonna use it you know you know, podcast inspiration, great commentator, just great to have him back in the game and uh, doing his thing. Yeah, huge shout out. And I my, I don't have a lot of shout outs, but I, I do want to shout out Riley Groff, who's been on Fresh and Buds. Um, one of the first people I met in the game at, at my like a road to Nats in Hoboken, New Jersey. And he is just like, the best dude and like really built up like the central Pennsylvania community. Um, he's lowered his playing a little bit because he's doing a little bit more judging and he judged the pro quest. I was at yesterday out in Reading PA and uh, just always like good to see that guy. Right. And like, you know, he, we had some nice conversations about the state of the game and, and stuff like that. I'm like, nice. this should be a podcast. Why are we doing this for free? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't want to come on until we can talk about heavy hitters. I was like, all right, fine, fine. But, uh, you know, great dude. He's written some uh, some stuff for LSS. Um, you know, check out the episodes of, of Freshly Buddy's been on. But he's just 
he knows his stuff and and you know is a very critical thinker in the game which which i think is something we should really celebrate hell yeah yeah no those people are you need them uh it, it all falls apart without people like that mm-hmm. absolutely so awesome uh last shout out for me oliver Fi, the goat won the uh cc pro quest i was at the other weekend and uh hosted my uh merry band of far northern californians for the weekend um he's a great host great dude to hang out with and help to organize uh some cramming sessions before our um draft uh pq so just awesome dude check check out the okay and why uh youtube channel and that sort of thing so uh, with that, let's. Uh, I'm gonna plug some of our attack action podcast stuff, and then we'll get into the the main topics for yes. today. So, guys, gals, people of the world, if you're listening to this podcast, thank you. Second thing, if you find it valuable and listen every episode, we had a couple of people come up to me. This is the first time this last weekend where somebody was like, Hey, you're Taylor from the attack action podcast. And I was like, wow, that has never happened. Usually it's like, I have the logo on my card sleeves or whatever for my equipment. And they're like, Oh, that's cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's my podcast. And they go, Oh yeah, you do sound familiar. Okay. (laughs) I've listened, but I had two people, one, person was named Blake, uh, another Blake in F- flesh and blood, uh, super nice, loves the stuff. So shout out to Blake. Thank you very much, much. Um, and then I believe the other gentleman's name was Ernesto and it was, uh, the best compliment highlight from my ProQuest weekend. He goes, you're Taylor from the attack. I was like, yes, I am. Thank you so much for listening. He's like, yeah, I listen to every episode. You know, I used to listen to M and R but uh, now they suck. And so I listened to you exclusively and I was like, hell yeah. Also M and R RIP. RIP Manor podcast. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so those were great. So I, after three years, I'm famous enough for some two random people to actually know who I was without, uh, I don't know, uh, context clues. (laughs) Like I wasn't doing the podcast live and they were like, what podcast is this? Oh yeah. I've listened to before, you know? So, uh, that was awesome. So anyway, if you listen and enjoy our stuff, please consider supporting us on Patreon. The entry tier is $4 and nowadays in this economy, that's probably less than a latte, you know, or two cups of drip coffee at 16 ounces a month. That's it. $4. Uh, you get access to the discord, uh, which is an elite group of community members. I'll tell you what, uh, it's blown up. The Discord's blown up right now while we're doing this podcast, you know, uh, and it also gives you access to our, uh, Patreon exclusive time snap podcast that we do which is uh non-flesh and blood related it's whatever related just our interests which is really fun and then you'll also get an invite 
to the Attack Action Podcast Hype House happening in early April. That's right. Whoop, 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 Hype whoop. House. And that is just the idea of that is to just recreate the Airbnb memories you have from whenever you travel for like a big tournament and you're always like, you know, I went two and four or whatever and played side events and that was fine. But what was really sick was doing this wacky draft and uh, doing shots off of Tommy Hendrix's belly back at the Airbnb. That was the fun time. So we're going to recreate those memories at the Hype House is the whole idea. And if that sounds fun to you, get in. Get in on the the podcast stuff. So, <laughs> thanks. I mean, it sounds unbelievably exciting, and you all should be checking out our Patreon at the Attack Action Podcast. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and I got to say, Taylor, I, I mean, I know that it's the first time that people have come up to you and said, you're Taylor Morrow from the Attack Action Podcast. Have they said that to you also? They, all the time. They're like, you're Taylor Morrow from the Attack Action Podcast. I was like, yes, I am. $4, <laughs> please. For $4, please. But with all that said, let's get to the main topics. Oh, look at that. Professional. <laughs> Professional. So, uh, Tommy, I can't believe we didn't talk about this earlier, but you mentioned heavy hitters mm-hmm. and the people at home for sure as a uh as a known brute lover connoisseur mm-hmm. i think a carnivore i think i would yeah it. brute con as a brute con carnivore tommy fresh what are your thoughts about the little bit we've seen and what are your hopes and dreams so hopes and dreams are immense this this is a set that you know personally i've been looking forward to you know just some brute action sure we had welcome to wraith and we got to experience like i i wasn't here for the beginning right so i got to experience like the the farewell to to wraith draft that was very fun got to draft some dory and some reinar it was very cool but it'd be really exciting to have a modern flesh and blood draft set with brute right you know where where these new ideas and and kind of fundamentals that they've been using in their draft sets, especially since uh, Gottlieb came on board, uh, to see how it will play with Brute. And I think Brute is such an interesting class because they printed Intimidate <laughs> on Reinar, and I think they really just oh man they stuck it in the box and say damn it this stupid like intimidate is really flavorful it makes sense i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with it but just the fact of reinar's hero ability you can only push that kind of discard thing so far before reinar just becomes super unfun and unplayable or like not unplayable but unfun and make it very toxic in like a cc format and we see glimpses of it in blitz so I'm interested with heavy hitters to see how they handle brute design going forward. Mm-hmm. Right. We we saw two technically two brute cards. One was a brute warrior card, one was a brute guardian card. The brute warrior card, you know, rewards you for it having go again, which is right. uh which is cool, you know, and it's two for six, blocks three, red. Wow, classic. <laughs> you know what? 
that's like <laughs> that's your apple pie of of brute pie or of of, of brute cards right there and and then the uh the brute guardian one you know uh zero blue blue costed non-tech action zero cost uh has to do with uh creating gold i believe or or, or sacrificing gold i i haven't looked at it in a hot second but it's, uh talk a big game talk a choose big game. a number the next time you deal that much damage or more damage to a hero this turn create that many might tokens might tokens yeah, yeah okay yeah might tokens the the warrior guardian one cared about wagering i believe yeah um, i think so now might tokens we've seen they're good um and yeah. then also we saw the new um token agility for yeah. the other card which which is a i guess like a fixed quicken right in a way mm-hmm. it just pops at the beginning of the turn and your next attack gets go again is that do you have that up in front of you is that attack action or just attack it just says attack next attack awesome. this turn gains go again yep which is very exciting you know hey listen start off your turn with you know a go again hexagore or <laughs> i mean listen you know hey i'm a dreamer yeah you know? love <laughs> it <laughs> so the the implications of the set i think is is very exciting my hopes and dreams is, is that uh, i think you know there's a lot of we talked it you were on the podcast last week on fresh and buds which is still going on for anybody who's still confused um <laughs> <laughs> um but we talked about you know there's a lot of hot takes out there you know there's a lot of big voices in the community uh saying that proquest uh numbers are down armory attendance is down we don't know for sure if that's true or not, right? right. This is all anecdotal yeah. stuff, but yeah, you know, I'd be willing to bet, and this is a conversation that actually Riley and myself had uh, yesterday at my ProQuest. It's like it's very tough to go from Dust Till Dawn, which was our last supplemental set that you can't play limited with, had like a lot of really cool cards, but wasn't really you know a very interactive set outside of building a new CC deck or yeah. whatever. And then going to bright lights, which, you know, we could and we'll talk about our thoughts on uh, the limited experience, I'm sure. But like. There's only so much there's only so many limited junkies in the game, right? I think it's something to consider that people love their heroes. They love their classes and they want to play with them. Right. And when when you do a, a whole mechanologist set, you're really saying, "Hey, listen, you know, this is a, you're going to have to wait a little bit if you want to play around with some like seriously new um, cards for your class," which makes me excited for cards in heavy hitters. Right? I think mm-hmm. we get three classes that two of them haven't gotten a lot of love. One of them, uh, hopefully, they they changed the way that hero plays. Um, I would say Warrior's gotten some love, but yeah. brute, brute in terms of like right. general brute cards, yeah, there's a lot of complaints there. Warrior, I think they need to figure out a new way to play Warrior, right, on a different axis, and I, I believe they will, and I think they're going to do that for all three of these heroes because we can't just have block out fatigue guardian every single time we see it, and yeah. uh, we can't see you know balls to the wall variance brute and then you can't see pump my weapon 10 times warrior so um i i i think there's a lot 
to be hopeful for. And I think hopefully yeah. this will bring people back to the armories, back to the pro quest, get people excited for pro tour one, you yeah. know, or, or pro tour LA. So those are my thoughts on heavy hitters. Very exciting. I'd love to know your thoughts though, Taylor. Yeah. So, uh, I think those are all insightful and, uh, thoughtful. I think I, I like a lot of those points you made. I particularly am interested in seeing what they do with, you know, all of these classes, brute, especially probably at the top of my list, because it's like, okay, a brute is six power matters. Right. And then like how many different ways can we play with that? You know what I mean? So, you know, Leviathan is, uh, stupid you know fun fun deck cool situation that's going on but it's like you know has no hero ability that actually does anything you know and then like kills herself so uh which is very thematic and cool but also hard to you know play and then uh you know you can't push reinar's uh ability too far because then it's just like you have no hand and you take 12 to 18 damage every turn, you know, is then what happens if that deck gets too pushed and intimidate gets too good. You know what I mean? And those are just like kind of just such that's the surface of probably what you can do with six power matters. You know what I mean? So I think it it's going to be cool, hopefully. And I'm excited for new heroes and new hero abilities. And it's the same thing with Guardian. Like, we also can't have a set that mirrors bright lights again, which then also kind of mirrors uh, outsiders, which is like we have a hero that really wants to block. This is just my opinion, and I will be bummed if this is kind of what it is, but we have like one hero who kind of wants to block and the game wants to go long. We have one hero who uh, is drafted a little bit less but if you get like the right cards and are able to harness the the bit of variance that's there uh you have like a broken powerful deck and then we have another hero that can like have these big pumps and have this kind of big single attack or few attacks or something like that you know so if that's the archetype they wind up with with the hero with the warrior garden guardian and brute then it'll be like a little too formulaic. And one of the things I've really enjoyed about being a part of this game is that there seems to be no formula, you know, for mm. for drafts or or what their designs are going to be. So I would love for the Guardian to be different because this will be our third iteration of that of that class. It'd be the same thing, like you said, for Warrior. Like we really need to have. Like it's it's fine if it feels like a warrior, you know, but let's have it be uh, a little bit different. And so, I mean, these cards are pretty sick. I was looking at them again, you know, and uh, the uh, the runner runner, the six power warrior brute card can have go again and creates another agility token. Like that's pretty nuts. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Is that your six power attack? comes in with go again and sets up your next turn uh and then then you have your you know your weapons and etc and, and that sort of thing so yeah i just want to see some creativity in what these new heroes are i was really looking for personally a new class which still might be there who knows 
Mm -hmm. I don't think so, but that would be, that would be awesome. My final note on heavy hitters is the thing that's saving, I think bright lights or not saving bright lights, but making it a huge hit in my mind is how good the expansion slot cards are. Yeah. And if we can have the same type of bangers out of the expansion slot for uh, heavy hitters, huge win. You know? So those are my thoughts. Those are some great thoughts. Now I have a question for you. Oh yeah. I maybe have an answer. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure we've talked about it and you've talked about it on the show, but this is a podcast, so why not have uh, a discussion? What what are your, what are your thoughts on Monarch Draft? This is seems to be like a little bit yeah out of the blue, but we did have a kind of Monarch Draft season. So yeah, what were your thoughts on it? Loved it. I love drafting Monarch. I think it's fun as hell. Um, <clears throat> I know it can be. I know it has flaws, and I know what they are, and I don't care. I think it's really <laughs> fun. Uh, I love it. I, I like the talents, you know, having that pool of cards to draft from. And I think all of those heroes are really fun. And the gameplay is great. It makes for uh, pretty fun gameplay. Like you have dramatic moments where you kind of take a bunch of damage or you take a grip of damage and you use some equipment and you pivot off of that into your own exciting turn and that sort of thing yeah i i really like it i think it's fun yeah i mean i only asked because it's the last draft set that we had brute right yeah you know and and i felt and maybe maybe uh i don't have a lot of experience with monarch draft out and stuff like that and just like random monarch drafts here and there you you cut out for a second there mr fresh sorry yeah i said that i don't i don't have a lot of experience with Mm -hmm. with monarch draft outside of the releases and some random drafts but it was like the last brute draft set and i felt like you know and looking at runner runner here for heavy hitters and kind of you know the obvious comparison i'm going to draw is dread screamer right and and something like uh, a dread screamer always felt like a way like to come in for six with go again feels like so anti like you can't fatigue that right yeah you know and and you're not boosting in the set either so you know yeah like yeah like so i understand like yeah i don't want the the blockout strategy either you know this it's and and something we haven't talked about it is gladiator gladiator themed right yeah Yeah. so i have to imagine it's not gonna be i mean there's gonna be defense but when i think of gladiator just like no this is like kill or be killed yeah right and i i personally really hope that heavy hitters kind of brings that right like no you know you could try and block in this set yeah but you should block smart not just block right and and uh i that's what i think we were both hoping for yeah absolutely and i think the uh wager you know wager is now a bolded thing next mm-hmm. attack that wages this turn gets plus three and overpower like i'm i'm excited for betting and yeah. <laughs> creating more money and how ha- you know this is a thing from crucible that i'm like i remember saying on the podcast you know hundreds of years ago and i was like wow this is exciting we're gonna have a whole separate resource system with copper silver and gold that we're gonna have to like also manage that's exciting and then uh you know 
that still hasn't happened. So, <laughs> so maybe we'll get more money and we'll have more tokens to fiddle around with. So that'll be, that'll be sweet. So we don't know exactly what wager is yet. Correct. No, correct. So double down the guardian warrior. I'm just, I'm looking at it right now. It's a non-attack action blocks three cost two. It's a red. You may destroy gold. You control rather than pay its resource cost, which is what I would initially thought what wager would mean. Right, yeah. you can, you can, but it seems to be different. Next attack that wagers this turn gets plus three and overpower, and that, that's something. I, you know, overpower is fun, fun to talk about because, yeah, I remember when we first saw it in Dynasty, we're like, yeah, I, I guess, I mean, like whatever, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not dominate, and then like we play with it in bright lights, and you're just like, oh, okay, good, yeah, <laughs> this wins games, so it, it's it's definitely built for, um for limited at least and it will probably start to leak into constructed uh yeah and, and what else does it say if a hero would create one or more tokens from a wager so i guess yeah there must be like some kind of like i'm trying to like think design wise how they do that right i mean it would be great if it was uh both players got in on the wager <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's a non-attack action that says okay bet or wager any number of copper, silver, or gold, or whatever on you know the outcome of the next attack or some shit like that, you know, and then both players get to do it, yeah. <laughs> which maybe feels a little fiddly. Like all of a sudden we have a whole new wager phase with <laughs> wager reactions and wager instants or some shit. But I think it would be fun. Like, all right, I got two copper on this next attack. I'm gonna deal you four, and you're like, all right, I'll take that bet, raise you a silver, you know. That, I mean, yeah, yeah, and then like you know, there's not a lot of attacking going on. It's just back and forth. Yeah, totally. It's just hardcore betting. I'm all in, you know. <laughs> yeah, which is definitely going to be a card, guaranteed. Oh, guaranteed. yeah, guaranteed. Guaranteed. <laughs> uh, we'll probably also get uh, cold foil gold tokens as uh, armory promos or some shit. I bet that'd be cool. Yeah, they really should be gold foil. Am I right? Hey, hey, oh, whoa, oh, you know. I mean, can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Awesome. Well, we'll know more about heavy hitters here in a few weeks when Worlds happens. But before Worlds, there were ProQuests. And Thomas, you just did some ProQuesting yourself. Mm -hmm. You took your Mistress of Darkness with you. Tell me how that went. Uh, yeah, so I did two pro quests. One of them was limited. One of them was constructed. Limited went well. I top eight and ended up top four and yeah. died, died in top four. Damn Unfortunately, I, I, I drafted Max Nitro all day. Everybody was forcing tech low. And I was just like, yeah, I'll just gobble up all this hype, hyper driver matters cards. And I'll just go cool. like a really sweet uh, Max Nitro deck and, and ended up being really awesome. And then you kind of, I really felt like I felt what mattered in each deck you know throughout that those drafts mm-hmm. based on what i drafted what like the dash ios drafted what the tech lows tech low i mean you know very one note felt like maybe two notes uh right but right. there was i felt like there was a lot of nuance for both dash io and max nitro uh they're not just aggro decks they're not just item decks you you have to really think about what matters what items matter you know if you even want items and i felt like that was a very fun pro quest i was happy to do as well as i did got some store credit bought a box it was very nice nice Uh, 
Did you get a box of bright lights? I did. I nice. did. Cause yeah. I was, I still yeah. need intoxicating shots. And I was like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know, cause it's, it was a store that's like, I go to, but I don't go to that often. So I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Let's get the box now. But I did the, I did a constructed ProQuest yesterday. And, mm-hmm. you know, I actually, I, it was out in Reading, Pennsylvania. It's like hour 40 for me, mm-hmm. hour, hour and a half. Yeah. Oh. Reading for me is three hours away. <laughs> We have a reading also. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania and California, essentially the same state. So um, close. Yeah. So Reading, Pennsylvania, if you don't know, it's beautiful, beautiful town. Just wonderful. Um, and I'm kidding. It's very rough. And, oh, cool. Uh, but yeah. Reading, California also sucks. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they don't even know how to say it right. It's reading. No, um, uh, but... <laughs> But went out there and, and no shade to anybody from either of those towns. Um, wonderful areas and we love them. But go there and I even messaged some buds that I knew were going to be there. I was like, what do you think? Is it going to be drum eyes? Are they going to be drum eyes? And, you know, one bed was like, yeah, there's, there's probably, there's usually like at least five, right? I'm like, okay, like a 30 person event. That's, that's probably going to be the, the cap on, on, on terms of the amount of players playing a specific hero. And I was like, all right, I'm taking Levia. I'm taking it. I'm hoping to run some Dromize, not into my bad matchups, because it was either Levia or Riptide, right? And I had been thinking about Riptide all season. I was like, I have one constructed ProQuest. Maybe it's time. Maybe I'll eat up some Lexis, run into some good matchups, and avoid the Dromize and, and yeah. maybe do something. Uh, so round one, it's Azuri. It's, it's very, and mm. I was like, oh, I, I, I knew right away. I was like, should have brought Riptide, but it's it was that was a close game and and ended up really coming down to a a, a scabskin roll that didn't go my way. And Classic hashtag yeah, brute I mean, life. Hashtag brute life. I just needed to do it because uh, it was like my only out. And if if I yeah. hit if I hit I won, but if I didn't, uh, you know, I was losing anyway. So like you know, uh, I, it it was an unfortunate. Uh, ending to that paired against Dorinthia round two, which, you know, I think it was a newer player, but I, I kind of like the Dorinthia matchup anyway. Like, yeah, it, it's so there's something about Dorinthia. You just sometimes you're just like, whatever, I'll just, you know, I, I, as a Leviathan player, I'll just block when I need cards in my graveyard. I don't care if you <laughs> if you do anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll throw my husk to remove the counters at some point. Right. So that one went my way. And then round three, I paired into a second Azuri. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, um, this is uh this is tough. And that one did not go as easy for me. I did flip to Leviathan Redeemed in that one, which was kind of fun. And I was like, oh, I'm playing like a normal brute deck. Um and <laughs> <laughs> uh which ends up not being uh fair enough, or it's 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 not unfair enough that you gotta right. do the blast with it. So yeah. <laughs> That did not go my way, and uh, you know, at that point, I should have dropped. Right, I was I was out of any kind of way to do it. But they were doing a giveaway for a heart of final, so I was like, I'll stick around. Why not? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't win it. Cody Williams won it. Of all people, come on, guys, like really good at the game and yeah, heart of finals. But um, there is no justice in the world. There is no justice. And then what did I, what did I play? Oh, and then I. Play, and then, of course, I'm in the X2 bracket. I run into Alexi. I'm like, great. <laughs> like, all right. 
and it was close enough but you know i didn't pack enough numbskulls i don't think um but that was uh that was fine then round last round i i paired against a tree frog dash and i i beat them um <laughs> hell yeah handily yeah yeah um you know it, i don't think i don't think that's a good matchup for uh for like them into brute i don't right. think so it was uh it was fine with two and three you know i mean if i if i had Spiked a couple of those games. If I had probably started off with the win against the Azuri, I probably would have saw the Dromage. Yeah. Um, and and would have like had a better shot at the top eight. But you know, all's well that ends well. It was it was still a good day. I got to see some buds. And uh, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready for the new meta, right? I think we all are. Yeah. Um, I think you know, you could argue that is why some of the pro quests have smaller attendance, although this one was sold out, I will say that. So um it was uh, it's still a good day. What about you? Uh, yeah, Arc CC ProQuest had like forty-five people or so. You know, it was big, forty-two. Ooh. Well, I mean, you know, quote unquote big. Uh, pretty bigger big. than they normally have. You know, uh, <clears throat> or same size as usual, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the CC one did not. You know, also, you said something in there. You're like, I'm out of contention for top eight. I should have dropped. F- fuck that, man. Yeah. <laughs> play your games, dude. You're, you yeah. paid money to be there. Uh, play those games. Game's fun. You know, even if you don't top eight, you could still. Well, I brought my cube and I was hoping to play that. But oh, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. What can you do? Yeah. Well, what can you do? Uh, drop, I guess, and play cube, I guess. Um, yeah. <clears throat> So I brought Arachne, just two stars of the Living Lurker format. Shout out to us and Zane Johnson, who came up with that idea. Sub 100 point format. Uh, Check out the YouTube channel if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, And I, looking at the Who Top Aided, which is just Assassins and... Uh, ninjas and one dromai at my pro quest i was like i brought the right deck if i had just made it into that zone i would have uh done just fine into the final or in in top eight as long as i didn't get paired against the one dromai uh but round one played a um dash hanabi blaster and had no clue what arachne did which is one of the reasons to bring Arachne is because nobody knows what you're doing. Uh, sideboarded wrong, and uh, they saw the writing on the wall uh, mid-game when I came in with Smashing Good Time <laughs> and uh, Leave No Witness for seven. They were like, I think I have no chance of winning this game. And I'm like, <laughs> that is correct. You are out of cards so quickly now. Uh, and so they conceded and um i was like hell yeah and i people were like hey smashing good time is too spicy you don't need to bring that and i played dash round one and i was like validated (laughs) (laughs) yeah you got there dude. yeah for a brief brief moment then uh paired into a teammate uh on azuri and which is not great you want to see them like a little bit later like round four you know but so round two so it's like kind of an assassin mirror, kind of not. Um, and I feel 
uh, pretty confident in what my game plan is, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, f- I feel good. I'm like, cool. I can beat Azuri. I can beat Levi. This is fine. It's, but it sucks that it's my buddy. So game's going along. We're playing at lightning speed just so we don't go to time, which is always really fun. Um, and I've just done, I, I feel so good through this whole game. Like, I feel like I'm just winning on all of the value trades throughout the game. I'm banishing his cards. You know, I'm picking my good moments. I've pitch stacked uh, a pummel into a surgical extraction to win the game. Um, and it's it's coming down to my last couple of cards here. And I... Uh, get the pummel off of a ponder after a codex play and his like one card he has left over or something like that is uh he's running contracts is like a plunder the poor or something like that and so i arsenal the pummel and i'm like awesome i'm about to draw into my uh surgical extraction you know it's in it's going to be in this next hand of cards um not the hand I draw after the ponder token, but the the next four after that. And uh, I just have like a, I don't consider it, but I let his like plunder the poor hit and it banishes the top card and it's my surgical extraction. And I go, Oh shit. <laughs> and I really should have just blocked it, you know, cause it was, I think I, I had the ability to, to block it, but I think because he was at like six health and I'm at 14 or something like that, I just wanted to go dagger, dagger into a thing uh, to kind of chip him down, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm looking through my grave and my banish, you know, and then I, and it sucks because he only banishes like three or four cards in the whole game and he hit some really good ones. Like he hit one of my codexes, he hit that surgical, he hit something else. And I was like, God, this is just. <laughs> This is a bit of a bummer. And I'm like, I have one CNC left somewhere in my, you know, 12 cards left in my deck or whatever. And uh, I don't know if I can like keep my arsenal full. You know, I don't know what's going to happen or whatever. So anyway, he winds up, I almost get there. But unfortunately, I only have, he's at like two health and I'm at six health and I have one card in hand and he has four cards in hand and we both have none in deck. So he winds up, killing me <laughs> uh but it was it was a really good game and then that just like you know that's that's where things go a little sideways there so then we get paired into uh or no no we get paired into dorinthia and which is a tough matchup for arachne because you have to kill dorinthia because you can't fatigue them because they if you give them nine three cards to block for nine off of their like warriors valor and Dawnblade, you're trading one card for three, which is the worst rate ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the worst rate ever would just to be lose your hand to none <laughs> of their cards, you know, but uh, you, so you can't win uh, in that way. You have to kill them, which is really tough. Uh, but we got there. We pitch stacked two back to back hands with cut to the chase. So, and they, and they hadn't really seen those. Uh, cards and so they took like seven damage out of nowhere and went to three and then also did the well if you have it you have it and then died to the next 
uh, cut to the chase on annihilate the armed. <clears throat> so then I was like, okay, I'm feeling better. Then we get paired into Dromai. Uh, just not great. Uh, <laughs> it, it's like every Dromai game as Arachne, you're like, okay, I think I'm in this. And then all of a sudden they have like double or triple dragon turn where it's like Maragai, Chromai, Yinderai. And you're like, cool, game's over. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, uh, then I got paired into Phi, and I think I think I get paired into Phi. Can't remember. Uh, yeah, I think I get paired into Phi, and that's a matchup I'm pretty excited with. But my deck just ran really cold. I started mm-hmm. having really weird hands where it'd be like I have one blue attack, and the the other three cards are like uh two shreds in a defense reaction and i'm like mm. well i have no pressure but i could block out and then you know you just get chipped if you can't continually like get into five's pitch stack or uh into their hand or anything like that so we just kind of died on a cold deck which was a bummer and then drill my last round paired into and lost so not super great performance but who gives a shit I had yeah. so much fun playing Arachne and was happy to have brought like one of my favorite heroes, if not maybe my favorite hero. Uh, and just, you know, just going for it rather than being like, you know what, I'll just play Lexi or Dromai or something that I know that is like, quote unquote, acceptedly good. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's how that went. Um, so here's a question about Arachne. Cool. What, like, you know, you spent a lot of time with this deck, this hero, mm-hmm. and we're about to have a meta change, right? With Lexi going away tomorrow, as of us recording. Um, what what do you think is the future for Arachne in that meta? Is there anything that you should is like throughout your time playing? You've you start consider some some maybe uh some new cards to mess around with I'm, I'm not familiar with your list so i don't know what you're really doing or if it's just like a classic or arachne deck um you know is there any room for innovation there uh and uh where where do you where do you find it landing in the next uh month or so those are great <clears throat> those are great questions uh <laughs> It's like you host a podcast. Uh, if you don't, you should. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not anymore, apparently. Yeah, totally. Uh, we'll let you have the indie indie game podcast because it's <laughs> non-competing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we'll put that in the contract. <laughs> uh, so it kind of depends. So, I mean, if you can theorize that, like, I mean, you could do the mental logic, but you never know what's going to happen. So if Dromai becomes the best deck or the deck that people are targeting then that means we have uh assassins i mean uh ninjas uh upping their numbers you know and then after calling melbourne we see dashio do extremely well thomas went you know something 14 and one or something undefeated yeah yeah until the finals until the finals yeah uh insane run so maybe people are going to pick that up some more so arachne winds up in this spot where you have uh 
you're going to do really good into everything that's targeting Dromai or if Dashio uh, becomes a thing. That's like a great matchup for you. Even even with, uh, I would expect Thomas's list just because boost is like in your in your favor, you know. Uh, so his stock, I think, rises. Their stock rises as uh, this new meta emerges. If it emerges in that way, we'll find out. Um, also, uh, deck tech for the Arachne list is imminent. We recorded it the other day, so uh, it should be coming out this next week or so. Um, and there's quite a few slots I could play around with. You know, the the ethos of the deck feels feels good. The core, um, which is basically getting to abuse, <clears throat> excuse me, abuse uh, black techs a ton because uh, any ninja or ranger to keep tempo or pressure in the game uh, doesn't want to block you. So you can really easily uh, a two card hand with a tunic resource can be annihilate the armed. They don't block. You break black techs, banish a card, get a silver, come in with plunder the poor. They don't block, banish another card, get two silver, and now you're ready to buy your black techs back on the next turn. And you dealt nine damage and banish two cards. Um, and that's like, you know, you do that a few times and then all of a sudden they have, uh, you know, right around 10 to 12 health and you're like, hello. <laughs> you know uh so <clears throat> yeah so it it it's i think uh it's gonna be good uh but you know we'll see how it how it breaks down uh you really have no game currently in my list that i brought into icelander or kano so if any wizards pop up trying to get crazy you're screwed uh and then i think you can make your dromai matchup better with some of the slots um, that I have going on, but uh, it's still pretty challenging, but you could get there. Okay. Now here's a question that just like you talk about silver, right? You know, big mm-hmm. part of the deck, right? huge is actually a mean thing. about mm-hmm. Ragni. Mm-hmm. You make silver. Yeah. Um, what are the, the most, odds? Most fun parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You Making know? money. We talked yeah. about heavy hitters. Do yeah. you think you're going to get a, a generic wager card that all of a sudden makes these silvers look a little bit more appealing beyond uh, their already unique uses? Yeah, something like high striker or something like make copper or yeah. something. You know, if this hits three copper, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. That would be sick. I mean, we already have one. It's called Payday, and it's an assassin yeah, card. That's true. And if you've completed a contract, you get four silver or something insane, mm-hmm. which I've thought about a few times because it's pretty easy to black text into something else. You know, it's also a blue block three, right? It's yeah, totally. Not the worst. So you could, in theory, like go uh, plunder the poor into Defy, break mask break black text and then play payday and get six silver maybe out of that exchange which would be pretty sick and mm-hmm. then you just buy those back and then you have two left in the bank for later but the fact that you would break black text to do nothing but make money uh doesn't feel like fast enough so 
if it was like a non-attack action that buffed your attack or something, then yeah, I would be into it. I don't know. It's inter. That's a a crazy yeah. question. Uh, but you're bringing you're, heaters, brother. <laughs> your uh, <laughs> your damage output as Arachne is so low already that mm. doing non-damage stuff on your turns feels pretty bad. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. The payoff would have to be excellent. Yeah, I mean, I like, you know, like those cards that are like, if this is played from Arsenal, your next attack gains plus three and then also has an ability. So something like that could be cool. Like if played Mm -hmm. from Arsenal, your next attack gets plus three. And if it hits, create a gold or additional silver or some shit, like that would be awesome. Be really sweet. Yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's, let's, let's do it. Uh, so anyway, we're so reverse questions on you. Yeah. Are you looking to play Levia or Riptide moving forward into the world's meta and or the heavy hitters meta? Which deck are you like, oh, this one is gonna is gonna be the one? So until I will say until heavy hitters comes out, it's riptide. I, I'm pretty pretty set on right. I I really like where the meta is going to go in theory here, right? And especially, and we'll talk about what happened to Melbourne um, in a hot second. But I I think that riptide has a lot of game into a lot of decks, and I think it's a little bit underestimated. And it's also once Lexi's gone. I mean, sure, Azalea is probably still going to be um, popping yeah. up. Especially, we both Riptide and Azalea get Bolt Bracers back, which I'm very excited for because I've I've said it before, but Droma is like unwinnable without Bullseye Bracers. I feel like <laughs> it's it's like yeah. like it's yeah. so hard. And like and and friend of the show Jesse Harper might disagree. But I find it to be so hard without without the uh, bullseye bracers. It just really makes it somewhat winnable, um, yeah. rather than like a real uphill battle. And and you know this this might be a, a like as good as Dromai is. It might it could be a pretty Dromai list meta with a lot of the decks that Lexi gate kept mm-hmm. being able to kind of be out here, you know, ninja or, or whatever. So. I'm I'm really interested. I I love seeing certain mechanologists do well because yeah. I think that's a great matchup for Riptide. Yeah, and I think Bravo will still be around in a way, but I kind of like uh, Intoxicating Shot uh, kind of coming into the the mix. There, it makes for very interesting games. I think with with Bravo, and on on top of that, I think Bravo's on more of a buff up my my attacks plan these days rather yeah. than kind of yeah. straight fatigue <clears throat> which is uh which i think is a it gives riptide a bit of an advantage Leviah is still going to be good and and if dromai is the best deck i think Leviah it can can make a splash right i think it has a good matchup and certainly you know a lot of the aggro decks like if you compare them to Levi, Levi is outputting a lot of damage, right? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. that some of these aggro decks won't really be able to do once Lexi leaves. Lexi is able to output that damage, right? Um, 
So Leviah does look good in that regard, but you know, has has the inherent mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. But you know, the demi hero does I mean, help. And- that's what yeah. happens when you consort with demons. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I get it. I mean, that's that's why you're the number one podcast in the world. You consort with the demon, but. <laughs> You know, now you got to have guests like me on. Yeah, totally. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I I think it's Riptide until Heavy Hitter. I I, yeah, obviously, whatever brute is in Heavy Hitters, I'm going to mess around with, and and at least take a look at. And same with Warrior because you know I I I love Bolton. Yeah, and and Bolton's even a deck that I would start looking at for this next meta because that Raiden Bolton list is is very good. Yeah. Um, and I think that we could see it make a big splash um, in the next meta. So I, I, I think it's Riptide. I'm, 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 I'm itching to, to play some traps, right? You know, yeah. I'm, I, yeah. I, I want, I want Dashio to, to come in with Go again, throw out a grenade, and me tar pit trap and say, "Too bad," <laughs> you know. That is, that is the dream. So like, I'm, I'm super excited about that. So yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Nice. Yeah. Riptide is a hero that when he first came out, I was like, well, I don't care, you know? <laughs> and then he's grown on me just like the uh, pustules he has upon his body. Uh, and, and what really, one of the things that really did it was an in, intoxicating shot. Like whoever was in the lab thinking of that and was just like, you know, what would be a cool thing for Riptide if he got a zero for four that just like, was a trap in itself setting you up for his whole game plan. It's just such a cool, it's got cool art and it's just like a really cool, fun designed card. You know, it's so cool. You pitch, you're pitching it throughout the game and you're not, you're not attacking with it. And then like towards the end of the game, when you're like, all right, all I have left is like traps and and stuff. I'm going to just throw this intoxicating shot is like they're going to be really tempted to take it because of the bonuses, but also those bonuses can be uh, their death. Totally. Which is really cool. Yeah. And it's well-named intoxicating shot. Like, oh, yeah. this, this could be, this could be really cool. Yeah. Really, really fun uh, design in that mm-hmm. card and that sort of thing. So it's cool. Riptide has become very cool in my mind. Yeah. I'm not going to play cool. him, but I think it's cool. I also yeah. like how he gets around like the uh, because you play cards from hand and then get to put a card in your arsenal. So he <clears throat> he makes all the arrows so much cheaper, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. Instead of two for fives, they're all just like regular one for fives, mm-hmm. you know, which makes them like slightly above rate compared to other rangers. But he has other uh, limitations, but it's cool. I also love. And I think it's so underrated how smooth the trench is in that yeah. deck, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I know like some people were playing it in Lexi or whatever, you know, for for you know some matchups, but it was just like for a matchup. Like when you don't have trench in Riptide, you feel like you're playing like a really bad deck. <laughs> That's how good trench is, yeah. right? Because yeah. it, it smooths out the deck and like how it plays so well right. that it, it feels just like Chef's Kiss just amazing chef's kiss (laughs) hell yeah that's great look at us two lurkers yeah lurking around lurking around 
in the living lurker format, <laughs> which will be a format in the hype house. So hope you're ready. Hi. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's uh, finish up here with uh, the calling Melbourne. What? Uh, so we see, we'll just kind of keep it to the top eight here. So, but the, the big news is uh, Thomas Dowling, basically going undefeated all the way to the finals with Dashio, which I love. Let's hype that up more. So Arachne can feast. <laughs> Let's play more mechanologist. We love that. So incredible run. I was watching some of his games and he just was um, really intelligent and smart about his use of items in that sort of thing. Uh, it's not like there was a bunch of items out there all the time and stuff, but he just was uh, obviously playing the deck quite a bit and knew what all the lines were and the interactions and that sort of thing. And, and he's using symbiosis shot. And, you know, so one of the things I thought was really smart was he would get uh backup protocol out on the field and he's in a Lexi match and they'd, they'd winters bite him. Uh, and he would say, cool, awesome. I'll, I'll pitch my blue here uh, and then have two floating and use that two floating to back up protocol, get the blue card I pitched back out of my graveyard, you know, so I essentially lose nothing uh, to your cute little winter's bite play, which I think is just freaking awesome tech. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So stuff like that. And, you know, I, I think that's great. I mean, the top eight, you know, we'll run it down is uh dash, Max, Azuri, uh, Lexi, Dromai, Azuri, and then Lexi, Lexi. Uh, really cool to see two Bright Lights heroes in there and two Assassins. So it's a little bit less uh, mono heroed out, which is which is really cool. Uh, mm -hmm. Thomas, what are your thoughts here? So I think the story for for the weekend is going to be Thomas Dowling. With, yeah. with Dashio, right? You know, this is a breakout deck. This is going to be something people are going to be building for worlds, probably, you know, depending on how everything breaks down. I want to know a little bit more about Joel Gibbons's deck on Max. Yeah. Right. I I haven't seen a lot of talk about what, what was going on there, but the top eight Max is, is I, I would say a huge story as well, because yeah. this is a, a deck that you know seems to just be a, just a like a boost deck with some kind of cool stuff you can do, but but I want to see what was in that deck. Two Azuris, uh, in in the top eight, and Azuri, the Ben Dodd, the the winner, beating yeah. a Dromai, yeah, in the first round mm -hmm. of top eight, which is another huge story there because I can't imagine that's a great matchup, um, you know. So I'm interested to see, you know, I got to go back and watch these matches, uh, but I'm interested to see what happened there because mm -hmm. that, I'm not even sure they um, had that one on stream, though, because they probably were looking. They at did. Thomas. Oh, they, they did. Do. They, did have they do one. have the Ben Dodd uh, Dromai matchup, and uh, he has a lot of tech. You know, he's got down and dirties. Sure. So throwing those in the arsenal, he's got, uh, you know, looking for scraps, E-strikes, uh, I think he even had nimble strike in the deck also mm -hmm. uh, hurl, you know, so plenty of go against to kind of clear dragons and keep pressure at Dromai, you know, which is kind of what you want to do. 
Um, and then sometimes your pressure card is like, Hey, I'm going to get rid of your arsenal, you know? So pretty yeah. effective there. So, so yeah, uh, uh, person who knows what they're doing for sure. Awesome. And, and then, you know, we have our Alexi sprinkled in there. I think that was all expected. Michael Fang, yeah. obviously, you know, still, still doing Michael Fang things, <laughs> traveling, and- Traveling, the world, going the to callings, <laughs> top eight of them, yeah. Unlimited resources must have, but, uh, you know, he is a great player, so obviously makes it all worth it. Um, so, yeah, I, looking at this top eight, you know, very interesting. Like, Azuri, obviously a very powerful mm-hmm. deck and looking to be a deck to be in the next meta, we will see how this dash dashio kind of really plays out. Interested about that Max Nitro. Glad to see Lexi leave. The absence of a lot of dromize is is a huge topic, you know, out there in the world right now. Um, but you know, people were ready for dromize, right? I think it's it, it's a targetable deck, right? Right. So right. If you can target it, you know, other things are going to rise to the top. Like you, you see this, like really. Um, you know, what is that one, two, three, four, five different heroes in this yeah. top eight? You know, mm-hmm. it allows for that. So we can complain about Dromai all we want, but it's kind of like an illusionist in general tends to be this this weird thing in these metas that is can be oppressive, but once it gets too oppressive, everybody starts to target it and things kind of oddly even out. Yeah. If, if if I'm gonna, yeah. If I'm, if I'm gonna throw my stake, my stake, my claim here, that's what I. That's this is my read on the top eight. Totally, and I think you know, uh, listener of the podcast and uh, Dromai specialist Jua also says on Twitter, and I think it's a great summation of you know my feelings also about this game. Um, wow, this game is fantastic. Doomers and gloomers lose again as the unexpected keeps happening. Six callings with different winning decks. Two new heroes in the top eight. I think the problem isn't balance. It's that people love giving up on innovation to go back to the safety of complaining. (laughs) Which uh, I feel like is very true. And it's something I've said on the pod a lot. Uh, You know, we in the community do not have a ton of people trying to innovate on decks and the meta you know it's a super super small percentage and a lot of people because the game is hard are just like give me that deck i'll go play it you know and uh make any changes i want to it rather than like looking at things from a fresh lens you know (laughs) uh, you know just just trying to give it a, a you know what's what's the thing I can really look at here? What is this doing? Can I build it in this way? And and you know I understand time is a of resource and precious and stuff, but you know I think there have been plenty of examples over the history of the game that try something new. You know, run with your idea. I mean, people forget Icelander was not a thing. And then Michael Hamilton did something really weird and put Wounded Bull in his deck. And now it's like, well, yeah, of course, that's the fucking way we play this deck. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, why would I not play 
that card in this deck. It's obviously super good. You know what I mean? Uh, and then, you know, you could also go down the, well, I'm not Michael Hamilton. I'm like, come on, dude. You could have, anybody could have thought of that. He just was the person who was like confident enough to try it. And, you know, so, and who knows how many times he's done that type of shit and it doesn't work out too, you know? So just, just freaking try is my point. Play Arachne. Play Riptide. <laughs> well, you know, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't remember where he said this, but I, I think Michael Hamilton said it started out as just a joke deck, right? And then he was like, oh, wow. Like the Icelander deck. He's yeah. like, oh, wow, this is, this is good, right? And I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of like to hear that because it's like, oh, just have fun with like building a deck and maybe you'll be like, oh, no, no shit. Yeah. You know, this is, I have something good. here. I think yeah. he, it was from one of his draft decks with outsiders. I mean, uh, uprising, uh, that he wound up with like just attack actions like scars yeah, and other big cards. And he was like, Hey, that's pretty good. Can this be a CC <laughs> thing? Kind of how we saw what happened with Tarek and the breakout of, uh, Briar right mm -hmm. was uh came out of a draft idea you know as well so interesting very interesting they just do it differently down under you know yeah <laughs> I, I thought you were insinuating that both Tark and, and and michael hamilton from down under but no you know they might be no Tarek is definitely from up top up top the big top <laughs> and and michael hamilton from the greatest state in the union, Indiana. Um, <laughs> uh, Go Hoosiers. Go Hoosiers. Um, <laughs> so the interesting thing, though, about like this kind of like idea of like, there's not a lot of innovation. I do agree. Yeah. And I hope that this is the moment. I This could be the moment where people are like, okay, now we do have to like sit down and not just make, take an existing deck and change one or two cards. It's like, this is my yeah, attack, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and really think about brewing decks. They, there are a lot of great deck brewers in the game, you know. Uh, you know, personally, I could think of, like, Ethan Van Sant, right? Like, he he is consistently brewing Leviathan decks. Not all of them good, but he, <laughs> he brews them. Yeah. He's a great player. He makes them look good. Um, you know, and like, I think we, we, we need more people like that and i think that's where we come in taylor totally it is a uh it's time for us to start brewing lurkers rise up dude lurkers rise up i live in that that lurker zone that's 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 that's, that's my my home <laughs> my abode yeah so, totally uh, i'm excited to to see where we take this game <laughs> absolutely i mean i've said it on the pod on our podcast many times you know deck building is a skill mm -hmm. you know you don't just are like i'm a great deck builder you know i mean maybe you do but that's you know you're a, a freak of nature you have a, a 48 inch vertical jump uh just from sitting on the couch so uh everybody's not like that and it takes a lot of effort you know Mm -hmm. to to brew and it's like one of the reasons to play a deck construction game is that you get to put some spice in your deck you know and build it and see what it happens and then 
move on. So yeah, I encourage everybody to deck build more. Yeah, you heard it here first. Build awesome. some decks. Build some decks. Lurkers rise up. Here we go. Out of the muck in the mud, we we come to slit your throat. So <laughs> with that, uh, we'll move into uh, our signature segments here, Tommy. We will first start with our crowd favorite, Pick, Pass, Pray, which is a draft scenario. Mm-hmm. I believe you've done this one time before when you were on our podcast, which I can't believe you haven't been on more. That is a issue we at the Attack Action Podcast have now remedied because you are now <laughs> on on the team. So welcome. I was hired. Yep, welcome. So I'm going to give you three cards. Uh, you're going to pick one, pass mm-hmm. one, and pray one comes back around. These are all from our newest set, Outsiders. Tommy, are you ready? Okay, here we go. First card is Overload Script. This is a mechanologist action item. It has no defense. It costs zero and pitches for one. It has crank and it reads, this enters the arena with a steam counter at the start of your turn. Destroy this unless you remove a steam counter from it. Your mechanologist attack action cards get overpower. Okay. Second card is infuse titanium red. Cost three pitches for one is a mech attack action. Defense for two attacks for seven and has galvanize. When this defends, you may destroy an item you control. If you do, this gets plus two. What do you mean, junk? There's riches here in the sprawl. If you if you're willing to get your hands dirty, Kyle. Oh, Good yeah, boy, Kyle. Kyle. Last card. Evo Cogspitter, which is a mechanologist action equipment Evo arms. <laughs> Defense <laughs> for two, cost zero, is a yellow, so it pitches for two. And it reads, if you have a base arms equipped, transform into this, then equipped it. Once per turn, instant, destroy a card under this, put an item with cost zero or one from your hand into the arena, and it has blade break. So, Mr. Fresh, which one are you going to pick, pass, and pray comes back around? Uh, I'm definitely picking Infused Titanium. Mm-hmm. The reason is I find that it's good in all three decks. Mm-hmm it's the it's the best stats in the in the the like this format right three Mm -hmm. for seven that's what we want you know great in in fatigue tech low great in regular evo tech low it's 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 you know you can you can uh max create a resource off of uh your 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 uh hyperdriver and then go into infused titanium great turn awesome Mm -hmm. Uh, and the stats are great, and you get the nice little benefit of Galvanize, which can be good in Max and Dashio or, mm-hmm. or Dash. Um, what's database? The database, which um, is D. not for nothing. Blocking four off of one card, as we know, is is quite good. Yep. And, and if, if you have like a, a, a hyperdriver lying around or or something that's going to get blown up at the beginning of turn, if you're on Dash, um, uh, the 
the galvanized does come up. I think infused titanium is is a great first pick. I would I would feel comfortable. It feels like a generic card, right? Yeah. In this set. Mm-hmm. Um what I'm gonna pray comes back is overload script. Mm-hmm. This is this is a this is a card that I think is very good. I'm I'm a little bit wary about taking it first pick because it I think that it can be a little bit of a trap if you end up in something that like like Teclo, right? Like I don't think it's that great in Teclo. It's mm-hmm. it's fine. You know, overload is a very powerful uh mechanic, but you know, I think you want to pray it comes back. It probably won't. I don't think either of these other cards are coming back, <laughs> um, to be honest. But you want to pray overload script is coming back because this is this is your way in in especially max uh and, and dash of of beating Teclo, right? Mm-hmm. You, you need cards like this, but yeah. you don't know if you need that card yet. I think is is, is the best way to to put it and i think you're you're always happy with infused titanium and then you're going to pass the the evo because uh as good as they are sometimes it's just not it's, it's a little bit too narrow and i i expect it to be gobbled up um in the next seven picks anyway so that's where i'm at mm-hmm. what about you uh interesting i you know i i picked overload script and cog spitter because i'm still unsure where they go in my draft pick order. Hmm. Both are very powerful, I think. You know, Overload Script, obviously, you get a ton of value off that. Coming with three different attacks, all with Overload, is uh, pretty spicy. Uh, Cog Spitter can have a ton of value. Block with it, scrap it, play it. Uh, then be able to put your overload script into the arena at instant speed is pretty sick. Um, and then you can block with it again. So, uh, and so those I think are just interesting cards, but I don't think you let, even though those all have those interesting, uh, abilities and value and stuff, I still, would agree with you. You don't really let infused titanium red slip by in whatever deck you're playing. It doesn't matter because even a two card hand three for seven, uh, that doesn't lose you another card is, is really good. Um, I'm going to go with, so I'm going to pick infuse, but I'm going to pray for cog spitter to come back around. Uh, if I don't get overload script, that's totally fine. It'll probably be in my hand as dash, as triple D and kill me because I can't block with it or then I'll boost it away or, uh, you know, it's a very powerful card, but to get it off in every game is a little bit more challenging. Whereas cog spitter, I don't care if I boost it. It's not a huge integral part of my game, but I can also block with it if I need to, and then use it later to scrap. And then it does help me get out those items that i have in hand i mean it can be really powerful when you put a um a mini force field or a dissolving shield from your hand into play and now it can block at you know instant speed so that kind of solves a lot of issues you have there so i am going to pray for that back because it's going to be useful and i'm just going to pass on overload script um, and I'd have to be in a very specific deck for me to 
pick it above these other two. So that's what I'm going with. That's very fair. And I think it's also worth noting that I think you'd be happy with multiple infused titanium reds in your deck. I don't know if you want yeah. multiples of either of these other cards. Correct. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely don't want multiples actually. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're right there. We're, right, we're there. right there. Just a little difference there. So awesome. Thank you, Tommy, for playing everybody at home. Uh, let us know in the comments on Twitter, et cetera, what your picks are etc in the discord let us know now we come to everybody's second favorite signature segment board game from the closet so here at the attack action podcast we play mini board games uh mini games video games board games card games uh sometimes the greatest game or the most dangerous game (laughs) and uh mind games (laughs) mind games (laughs) love games love love games uh <laughs> yeah uh i'm trying to think of what other type of games there are those are kind of the two other big ones um but anyway uh this might not be our favorite or the best game but it's definitely a game that we think is fun as shit and it's tommy's pick this time so tommy what game do you got for us today um been playing this game with my buddies who you know are board game buddies a lot lately it's called Moonrakers. Mm. it is a deck builder in a way with uh some different axes that you don't really find in these deck builder games so basically you you start with this starting deck and it's almost like flesh and blood you get one action per turn with your cards but there's 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 these reactors in your in your deck that give you plus two actions so basically it gives you a second action so you can continue to play out your hand and then you can draw cards from your deck and you're trying to complete these missions out in the middle of the board the the cool thing about these missions is they have uh, a set di- different kinds of rewards you can get you can get victory points coins to buy new ship parts and new cards and stuff like that and crew members to add to your deck um and then you can also get a, a random card for a ship part or a, a a crew member but you also have hazard dice that you have to roll so like they're the little six-sided die with an option uh two options of zero hazard two options of one hazard and two options of two hazard. Uh, so basically when you're getting hazard thrown at you, you have to defend it with, with shield cards. You need an action to play those shield cards. You have them in your deck. So when you choose a mission, you can open it up to the rest of the people at the table. Say, Hey, listen, I can't do this by myself. I need some help. We can divvy up these rewards. I'll take the victory points. You can take all the coins, but the only thing is, I take one of the hazard dice and you take the other hazard dice and we collaborate until, you know, somebody, you know, sneaks in a a win uh, at 10 victory points. It is very interesting. It's so much fun to kind of like have that kind of negotiation aspect and then kind of build your deck to a point where all of a sudden you don't need to negotiate and and you can kind of just sneak out a win, which is, which is cool. And there's a lot of different strategies, right? You know, these, the ship parts add cards to your deck. So you have four ship parts on your board and they'll give you like a static ability that you can use each turn or it's like whenever something happens, which is pretty neat. So you can kind of build your deck and your ship to be able to play really well into certain kinds of missions 
and uh, to be able to be really strong on one certain card type that you need to complete these missions. So very fun game, uh, a ton of replayability. Mm. Uh, been been loving the hell out of it. Cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. It's um, from publisher Four Studios Studio, um, and I guess they're an animation studio in Tennessee that has now oh. pivoted into making uh, some board games and that sort of thing. So uh seems really cool 2020 cardboard republic daredevil l'oreal winner that's what everybody shoots for 100 <laughs> percent. yeah it looks cool uh i love me a deck building game um and i especially love space artwork looks cool box looks appealing cool i'm excited to play this in the hype house when you're when you're there, Mister Fresh, we'll play Moon Rakers. I will uh, maybe be there, <laughs> or at least my spirit will be there. Oh, perfect! That's even better. Yeah, we are planning a seance, so uh, <laughs> it should be easy for you to show up that way. A little cheaper, I guess, depending on flights and that sort I'll of just, thing. I'll be having dinner, and all of a sudden, I'll just disappear. Yeah, your <laughs> eyes will roll back in your head. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> crazy cool well, thank you so much uh tommy for being here today i really appreciate that i've had a wonderful time having a conversation with you just talking about the game we love and doing it in the way we know how in front of microphones and stuff uh on a sunday morning so please uh promote yourself in any way you seem appropriate or inappropriate for our podcast that would be fine so now the stage is yours, my friend. Well, thank you for having me on. I, you know, you're, you're just the best. And I love chatting with you and, yeah. and just having a good time. And, you know, we, we get each other, which I think is fun. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, we, we, we understand how serious this business is. And uh, cutthroat. But uh, you can you can find me on my podcast, Attack Action Podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, weekly. No, bi-weekly. I'm sorry. Um, and uh, no, but seriously, I, I, I have a podcast called Fresh and Buds. Talk about I have community members on from from all over the place, um, you know, for flesh and blood and, you know, just kind of keep it keep it fresh, keep it, you know, saucy. And uh, yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Fresh Buds Pod. And we have YouTube, all the, all the episodes go up on YouTube, Spotify, all that, that fun stuff. And there's a cool buds discourse, a nice place to hang out and yeah. Um, keep supporting attack action podcast are the best, best in the biz, my favorite people, and, uh, just happy to be here. It's, it's a good time. So, uh, thank you. Thank you, Taylor. Hey, anytime Tommy, uh, with how busy my, uh, you know, salaried uh, co-hosts are, we uh, might still have to keep getting you as an unpaid intern in the Attack Action Podcast media empire. So, you know, uh, stay loose, stay limber. Be ready. Yeah, right. you, know, you never know when you get called up to the big leagues. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm hanging here, you know, the miners, the Savannah bananas or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Um, <laughs> hey, if, if, if the listeners like me, you can have me back whenever. If they don't like me, have me back every week. Yeah. And- I mean, it's my podcast. I'll do whatever I want. So Amen. they they loved you. I bet this will be a great episode because yeah. all of our episodes are straight bangers. 
Bangers, get it. Yes. <laughs> and with that. Yep. We're out of here. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at the Attack Action Podcast. On Twitter, we are at BattleBro Taylor and at BattleBro Isaac. Shoot us an email, the Attack Action Podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support us, like and subscribe, shop for singles using our affiliate link, or support our Patreon for as little as $4 per month.